This is The CW Spiral, a podcast run by three survivors of the CW's colon in 2022. We're your hosts, Sabrina Reed, Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden, bringing you history about the network and the WB, the latest news and in-depth sportable discussions of the best and messiest shows to ever grace the small screen. So we have one piece of the news for you guys for we launch, launch back into our ride and wild cards journeys. And it's a Superman and Lois update because uh, it's like the show that keeps on giving in, in terms of news. Uh, but Leslie Burke Walsh, uh, Dylan Walsh's wife, did confirm that he will be in two episodes of Superman and Lois' final season, which is really good, which means we're going to get closure for a General Lane story. She described the episode before she deleted the post as being about him um, and that it's going to be a doozy and that Dylan is in love with this script. So that's exciting to hear. Yeah, this feels like a follow up to last week when we were talking about uh, potential updates with Superman at Lois. And I feel like I'm just so happy that we know now that he'll be back because it's Sam and Sam and Lois's relationship is one of the emotional hearts of the show. So I'm glad it will get some closure. And this does sound like what we talked about the last time you discussed Superman and Lois updates in that we're going to get perhaps episodes that focus on the characters who are guesting in them, which is good. They're not just going to be there and have nothing to do in the, in the way that a regular, you could waste a regular character in an episode or two by not having them do much because they're in all of the episodes, but it's good to know that Sam will be getting the focus of at least one of the episodes he appears on. Um, and maybe he'll get like a solid farewell or a good storyline because his career and his future has played such an important part in the show, as well as his relationship with Lois and Lucy. Um, so I can't wait to see how they write him off because production is not long started. So to know that we're doing this early on suggests he may not be in the rest of the season. So they're going to have to come up with a way to write him out. Um, I have faith in the show. I have faith in the creative team. Um, and I have faith that Dylan Walsh will deliver an awesome performance because I Sam's always been a character that you, you're conflicted with, but it's because of the strength of that, the way his relationship with Lois was developed. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to say it. I'm just so happy that he'll be part of the show because of all the people that we heard wouldn't be coming back. I feel like he's one of the ones the show would have struggled without. So I'm glad to know that he'll be in some of the episodes at least. Mm. I think so. They started filming January 11th, right? So yeah. they may be about halfway through filming potentially. Potentially. So I'm, I'm seeing I'm I would like speculate that his episodes are three and four. Mm-hmm. That makes sense because we know we know Sam did disappear at the end of season three. So like that it would it would make total sense if we haven't found him by the start of season four. We don't know if there's gonna be a time jump, if Clark and Doomsday are still gonna be trapped on the moon. We just don't know what's going down there. But we do know that Sam is currently missing and Lex Luthor is not just gonna hand him back over. So I think that would totally make sense. Um, and then I guess maybe that would be the storyline that's used to write him out. I don't know whether he, he'll be injured and he'll have to take some time off or whether he'll get a promotion and go off and make it his mission to take Lax down. I don't know. Sometimes this happens and then the character then ends up making a cameo in the final episode. So who knows whether that will happen. But like, it makes sense to deal with his absence early on while also dealing with the fact that he won't be in that many episodes. So yeah, I would guess maybe three or four or five um, just to, it makes sense so that we can then focus the back half of the season on whatever the main storyline is. Of course, we'll be sad to see Sam go, but I'm just so happy that we're going to get to see him again. What do you guys make of doozy? Are we nervous? 
Yes. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, Michael didn't put that into the atmosphere, but my my thought was, is General Lane dying? Um, yep. And like the scripts are already written, so I can't like manifest the writers not to do that, but only because Lois has gone through so much trauma already. She doesn't need to lose her father on top of that. But yeah. some ways that they tend to send off characters, especially like grizzly dads who also have a big soft heart for their, for their families is they die for them hmm. you know, or they have to be left behind in, in some manner. And I'm hoping that's not the case for general lane, especially because, um, well, then maybe things are right with his, his youngest daughter. Are they? I can't remember now. I think so. I didn't, okay. th they sent Lucy off after season two and everybody was happy again, I think. Okay. Well, if everything's fine with him and Lucy and then we know everything's fine with him and Lois, then I guess I would be okay in the sense that at least there aren't, he hasn't left his daughters in a, in a way that they can't remember him fondly. But like, I would, I'm just hoping he does not die. I really yeah. don't want him to die. Yeah, I was trying not to put that out in the atmosphere. <laughs> um, but as soon as I read the word doozy and saw that he was the actor was thrilled with the script, I was like, oh, I've seen this before when a soap star or an actor gets a script and they're like, it's all about their character and it's a doozy. And it's usually how they triumphantly write them out. I'm like, oh, God, I hope we're not going there. I could see that being a potential exit for Sam because there's always been the question of him prioritizing his career over his family. And this would be his chance to do like the noble sacrifice. Not that he needs to do that. He's definitely proven himself as a great dad in his later years. But this could definitely be like that full circle moment. And it's definitely the kind of stuff that a show like this could tackle. But because Superman and Lois is full of so much heart, we've had a lot of tragedy for storyline purposes already. I don't know if taking Sam away in the final season when the characters will only have six episodes to get over it, and this is network TV, they probably have to get over it in one episode. I don't know whether that would be the wisest idea, so I hope that's not the case. But if it is, I do have faith that the show will do it a good job of it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times when people describe episodes, it's hyperbolic. Mm -hmm. And then you watch the mm -hmm. episode and you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was the big episode? Okay. <laughs> So I guess we should just take Doozy with a grain of salt. Yeah. Yes. For I'm now. Gonna try to do that. <laughs> I'm going to try to do that. I guess when, and when the trailer comes out, we'll probably know a little bit more um, whenever CW decides to release footage of the shows that they've been filming, um, which I would really love that this week or next week. That'd be great. Uh, that's it for the news because they have been quiet. Perhaps they're cooking in the background. Um, we're going to ride right into ride uh, for episode two. Love what two. you did there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, which is interesting because it's our first episode, um, really full episode in the aftermath of Austin's death. Um, and we have more clarity on what's going on with the ranch, though it seems like the kids are not on board with Isabel's plans to try to save it, which is interesting, especially Tuff, who actually runs the ranch with his mom. Uh, mm -hmm. that that part was interesting to me. I mean, I get that they don't want the Booker family who are oil dynasty to be a part of saving their livelihood. But at the same time, Gus seems different. I mean, yeah, that's what he's saying. They were kind of nasty at that dinner <laughs> to him. I watched it again and I was just like, you guys are grown. <laughs> <laughs> right? What's happening here? <laughs> it was really weird. Um, they were so mean, but and it felt very much like he's the rich kid at their high school who they don't want to work on a project mm -hmm. with, and their mom's making them. 
Yeah, and I mean, look, I get it. They're territorial. It's their home. It's their legacy. I would be a little, like, iffy, too, about some rich suit walking in and being like, I'm going to save the day. And you're like, sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I do kind of, like, Gus in a not in like a not like an I'm standing way but like I understand what role he's playing in a television show and I'm gonna enjoy it as long as it lasts you know what I mean mm -hmm. like I see the connection that he and Missy have and I'm like I'm actively rooting for it even though I know like in the back of my mind the cash miss Missy setup is already in there and I'm like that's great we'll get to it and we'll tease it but I'm like I kind of want to see what her and and the rich guy would kind of look like and like see that world and like see cash be like i'm i'm all for him like so i hope i don't know where they ended up with gus and the ranch but like i hope i mean obviously he's a series regular so he's gonna stick around um but i'm all for it they were nasty and i was team gus helping them out <laughs> it was it was very immature especially after isabel told them to be on their best behavior um i i think there would could have been more subtle ways to do that but you know they wanted to make him feel uncomfortable and back at it's interesting that in the episode they never had like that full circle moment where they all realized they shouldn't have done that and gus they were like welcome gus like so we're playing the slow game with this one to see where it goes we didn't neatly wrap it up at the end of the episode but as to where things ended up didn't gus said uh, um missy at the end i can't wait around forever and it was like metaphorically talking about the ranch but he was also kind of talking about their coffee debt so yeah i agree reed it's just it's nice to live in the moment with the storyline we know it's not long term well the ranch one maybe we'll say but like missy's just potential well she's not really torn at this stage because you can see the connection between her and cash but like I like when a show does this that you don't really know where it'll land. We know where it'll land long term, but we don't know where it'll land at the moment. And I'm enjoying seeing all the pieces of the puzzle, like just settle into where they are. Yeah, because Gus is just a nice rich man. <laughs> like he's hanging out with his niece, taking her to rodeos. He really just wants to help with the ranch. He wants to break away from his family. The man is not doing anything wrong. I, Cash's part, I understood because jealousy. Mm -hmm, and yeah. it's like just a big old neon sign worth of jealousy for him but tough in um valeria i was like mm, i don't know y'all that was like during the the dinner scene when they were all ganging up on gus and then tough was getting on valeria and i was like whoa pick one <laughs> <laughs> what side are you on tough like you're my man but i'm gonna call you out when i need to call you out <laughs> <laughs> he was he's been consistently upset with her uh for and i i mean i get it because she did just disappear leaving him to deal with the aftermath with everything happening with the family but they were even arguing about these sheep which, as a plot, I will say, I came in and out of the sheep plot. I'm not gonna lie. I'm like even watching this for the second time. I'm like, I you understand need to get it. the sheep to help the ranch, but the guy that was selling the sheep hated Valeria for reasons related to her beating his daughter in a horse race. So she mm -hmm. was gonna give the horse to him, and Tuff was like, no, 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 no. And I don't remember the the terms of the deal, but it seemed very. I don't want to say illegal, but like, did you get that written down, Tuff? It's <laughs> <laughs> very under the table. <laughs> yes, like, so like the, like the mechanics of it is like, I get it. But as a story element, it is, it's very dry. <laughs> so, but yeah. um, You really got to care about those sheep. <laughs> <laughs> <you do. laughs> but no, you're right. Because I think what they're going to do is 
because his land, I think the sheep have eaten all the grass, the healthy grass, and they can't Yeah. feed them. So they have, he, they're like, they can graze on our land, but we need to take a cut. And you're right, Yeah, that doesn't I think sound. the point yeah, I think the point was like his land isn't gonna help the sheep and then in turn he's not gonna make money, but like they would be able to help him. I don't know, but but yeah, they needed to put something in writing because there were some like terms and conditions that I'm like, you gotta lock that in, or you're just gonna like what, not pay him one month? And then he I don't know. I was getting nervous preemptively, even though like this is a Hallmark show and like that's not what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> like we're probably never gonna hear about this again. no <laughs> but like I'm still like, wait, <laughs> where are the lawyers? <laughs> it was very much like they just docked the boat at the end and it does leave you wondering it was i don't want to i don't want to say that the rest of the episode undermined it but there was isabel trying to set up this major like investor sale that would probably have solved their problems at least for the immediate future and then meanwhile valeria is still running around after these sheep just to try and get the story like trying to get her storyline which is to help long term and I understand that when you have to help long term but we find out that this plot was not going anywhere and they were still on about the sheep and they were going to keep going and they got there in the end but like you said it just feels like they just kind of docked the boat in the end the purpose But you know, of the I kind episode I was kind reached of love it because I don't want to hear about the sheep anymore. <laughs> <laughs> One and done. <laughs> yes it is funny though because it, it does sort of put into perspective Isabel's long-term goals and how the kids are really just doing whatever they need to do to get by and she there's like a generational gap there where she understands more how much she needs to see down the road and they're looking for band-aids Mm -hmm. Yeah. and, and she's like this is not that's not how this works though I mean in the long term having more livestock to graze their land which they just recently seeded is gonna be helpful and I don't know if they'll get a cut of the wool. I can't remember if that was part of the conversation about shearing sheep. I think, yeah, I think they Okay. get a cut of You the know, wool. Who thought this would be a discussion we would have? <laughs> <laughs> no. this is not usually a CW discussion talking about how, <laughs> how to run a ranch. Uh, but I mean, it is, I think that's what helps with bringing something new to the table because it does, you know, lead the audience to learn a little bit more about agricultural living. You know, people who are who who do spend a lot of their time around livestock and their lives are dependent on it, um, and the real income that they have to drive in order to sustain um their land. Cause I thought it was interesting that they, they were mean to Gus for his how rich he is, but they're land rich. Like they have I mean, there is so much acreage, uh, but they they're struggling to take care of it all. So that's an interesting um dynamic. Uh, as far as like the, let's I'm just gonna hop to to the the romances. Um, we have Cash and Missy, who uh, this is the he I love him, but he aggravates me, and it's and it's because like she was waiting for him to take a shot in that flashback, and he just didn't. And Austin clearly doesn't really know her. He's like, I was lonely on the road and I did some reflection and that means I should marry her. And, and I'm just not seeing their chemistry or where exactly Missy and Austin fit on the relationship dynamic. But the fact that Cash would just give his brother a jewelry box that he got for Missy so that his brother A horse could put necklace his... is still in play, though. Yeah, but which, thankfully... But like, like the box though, I was so, that flashback aggravates me. Well acted, it aggravates me for Cash as a character. It works for him because he doesn't take his shot, but still.
Yeah. I just like, I am even more aggravated at Austin <laughs> not to rag on a dead man, but I'm like, you don't have questions mm -hmm. about your brother spending time with, I guess, your girlfriend. It was unclear or to me too. Why he's giving you this box? Like, why did you buy this box for my girlfriend? It's confusing and all the fronts. Mm -hmm. But that's just I. I he, he, Austin doesn't seem to care. I don't know. He's just an aggravating character to me. As somebody, okay, you don't have to spoil too much, Serena. But I'm just like wondering, and I need to know, as someone who has seen this full season, do we see any glimpses of Austin and Missy's relationship? Because so far we haven't, right? I'm trying to remember if there's even a flashback of these two. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I feel like there is. There's probably like one or two, but it, uh, this I'm not very... seeing the vision for them. It seems very, it's giving very much we settled. Yeah. <laughs> not me gagging them. <laughs> I clocked it. <laughs> the scene there at the, at the end of the flashback arc at the very end of the episode, I, what Austin said, I don't think was awful when he like realized he was on the road and that he wanted to be with her or whatever. I just don't think it was said in a way that was very complimentary of her. It kind of made it all about him and it was, it was his all decision. about him. Yeah. It could have um, been anybody. It was just happening. Ex exactly. Mm -hmm. That's it. Again, the overall idea of that arc, love it. How he delivered it, not so much. It just it it kind of took her out of the equation. And then when Cash was like, but ever since you've been together, y'all have been apart. So where is this conversation where she can say no if she wants to? It just made it sound like he wasn't all that in it and he was just doing it because he realized he didn't want to be alone. Um, whereas, again, when when Missy said that line in the middle of the episode that no one knew her like Austin, I was like, I did not get that from the flashback in, season, in the first episode, but sure. Did it all hinge on the box? Like yes. him yeah. knowing her? Yeah, exactly. And meanwhile, Cash is like, oh, girl, if you knew. <laughs> <laughs> Because at the end, I was like, oh, I like this. Because I was like, what? again, sorry, Austin, rest in peace. I was like, why are we spending so much time on this if it isn't going anywhere? And now I, now I see that vision. But it really does sound like that the original relationship of the show was basically just an obstacle for Missy and Cash because would, it, would anyone root for Missy and Austin if it was done in the present day? I, I just, I don't say it. I don't get it. I don't like no. it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I think that's the point, hopefully. Um, but I do love the tragic like element of him longingly glancing at the box and just feeling super defeated as <laughs> he's walking out of her house <laughs> like i love that <laughs> i love it too but it's also like honey you put yourself in that position that did not yeah. need to happen to you uh but i i michael i see your point about austin's line and i would like austin's line if austin wasn't a self-centered character mm -hmm. like it does doesn't it, we when we see him again in this episode he pulls up in his new black truck comes out with the giant silver trophy and like I won and we come up like and, and then the discussion between him and his brother is really just about you know I was lonely on the road like it's yeah. not about her he doesn't consider what's going to do to her rodeo career which Cash does he's like well if you get married she can't continue to be a rodeo queen which is a thing by the way that's not um that's not just for the show rodeo queens can't be married so you have to retire. Because yeah. I was kind of like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like they, because the whole thing is you're supposed to kind of like beauty queens, right? You're a representation and model of uh, the community and the sport, but they prefer that you do not indicate whether you're dating somebody 
And if you and if you're married, you have to stop. Like you, um, So she I, gave that up. she gave it up to be Okay. with him, even though I think she was at the top of her career as a trick writer or really coming Yeah, to I her do own. kind of, I'm understanding her more, um, kind of like not knowing who she is because she was this person and then she gave it up to be his wife and now she has neither of them and she's kind of like, I'm selling jeans, what's going on? So I kind of get her struggle. Hmm. It's upsetting as a Miss Yeah. fan, but I mean, it's a good, it's a good spot to be in at the beginning of the season for her to be figuring it out um, Yeah. because she is just selling jeans. I like this moment she has with, with Cash where she, I believe she's talking to him, where she says, you know, I wasn't just giving Austin words that he wanted to hear. I actually was coaching him. I was, they weren't, these weren't just lines that I was throwing at him. I was coaching him through his entire career. She didn't get recognized for it though. And then being Cash's coach, she would be able to be recognized for it. She wouldn't just be Cash's widowed sister-in-law. She gets to be Missy, his Mm coach. -hmm. yeah I like that arc for her because it does it gives it it feels like the idea of coaching kind of fell into her lap because she she kind of had to do it for Austin and then she realized she was really good for it so this is her chance to do it again but like well I want to say on a more professional level and it will be on a more professional level because she's not married to cash but at the same time obviously that's what I'm getting at exactly <laughs> um but at the same time obviously there's affection there um so it does make you wonder where it'll go how does she balance that with the being the brand ambassador and all of that um I really do like her arc now I really did enjoy this episode of her wanting to find out more of who she was as a person and the fact that a lot of people around her weren't Not, not. It's not that they weren't willing to accept it. It's that they just did not see her for anything other than Austin's wife, which is kind of awful. Um, because obviously she's still grieving and she's trying to move on, um, and like reconcile her past with her present. But when the society around her won't see her as a person, other anything outside of a widow, I'm sure. I'm sure that was so hard for her. So I, I do like her arc in this episode and that she. finally wanted to speak up for herself as a brand ambassador but at the same time she was she's quietly proving herself as a coach as well so yeah i'm all for missy go missy See, I was more aggravated on her behalf than she was in this episode when she was doing the radio interview, which is like twofold in proving herself because this radio interview reviewer interview, what am I saying? The radio, who she host was an author. host Yeah, yes whoever host she was. <laughs> she, all she wanted to talk about was Austin, which I understand like Missy loves Austin, but I kind of was like, ask her, ask Missy about Missy. Every sentence that came out of the radio host's mouth was Austin, Austin, Austin. And even then, like, um, when Missy was talking to Valeria, which, like, I'm kind of, I don't know where to, to how to feel about their relationship. I don't know if they do either, but that's neither here nor there. Um, when they were talking about her brand deal and, like, trying to improve their click-through, she was, Valeria was like, just use Austin's account. And I'm like, Some of y'all are very brave the way you're speaking to this woman about her dead husband. Like, I'm like, what? Are you? what? Um, and then the evil, evil frontier jeans man who was like, you need to cancel this interview. And Missy was like, LOL. And ignoring his phone calls. I, I In that moment when that man was speaking to her in that manner on the phone, I turned into that Renee Rapp interview 
where she was like, I don't like you. <laughs> I hope your company burns. I was like, I hate him. <laughs> Better ignore him and do what you need to do. So I don't know. I was more aggravated on her behalf. She's more cool and calm headed than I was. Because I was, if I was her friend, I'd be like, girl, you need to start speaking up. But she does it with grace. And I don't know how she does it. <laughs> I think you would have torn up the contract the minute she showed you the poster that they wanted to put her face on. Because mm -hmm. it's literally just him and then her smaller in, in just modeling jeans. I was like, that's offensive. Yeah. Why is his face so big on her? But you could we could have at least asked her for a picture of the two of them if you're gonna do that. Not he's literally the specter over her shoulder as she yeah. as Frontier Jean sells up. Maybe not even use her name, Austin's widow is now a brand ambassador mm -hmm. for Frontier Jeans. I am glad that she did get to have her moment because um cash called to 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 ask her that what is your five-year plan question um because it let her be emotional and and talk about how she lost herself and she's trying to mm -hmm. find herself again and i think that would resonate with a lot of people which mm -hmm. depends why she was able to um be like haha jb i got all the clicks that you said i need to get and i think that's why that line that lines up so well with the arc of the rest of the episode because cash is the only one that sees her this is an episode where missy missy can't be seen by anyone outside of being austin's widow but now we learned even from way before that happened cash saw her in a way that nobody else said even austin which i think was the big like revelation of the episode so it, it made sense that he was the one that got other people to see her like that as well he shouldn't have had to this community should have seen her as who she was but i did like the fact it was cash was portrayed as being kind of like stubborn and he doesn't listen to her and they were being there was so much conflict throughout that episode because of the way she was coaching him and he just didn't want to do it but in the end it, it was such a subtle like nice thing for gesture for him to do and based on a joke earlier in the episode where he was he was pretending to be this person asking her that question and it ultimately gave her the the platform to prove herself so yeah i really like that as, as far as like her arc went in this episode i thought it was great um i just hope that now more people see her for who she is because that's why the coaching arc is more interesting to me than her being the brand ambassador because that the coaching arc has nothing to do with austin that's about who she is whereas even though she's using the brand ambassador deal to like uh, get herself out there and move on she's constantly being reminded who she was and what she lost, whereas the coaching gives her something new to look forward to, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I liked, too, the conversation that she had with Isabel, where she was like, I don't want this to feel weird for you that I'm doing any of this. And she was like, listen, you got to do what you got to do. Your own story is your story. Don't worry about how I feel. And I really, I, I like, I feel like that was a really necessary scene. I really like seeing their bond because they, I mean, more so than, I mean, I know they all lost Austin, but I think for them, it probably hit the most because that's her son, that's her husband. So they can see eye to eye in that way. Um, and I know that Missy being forced to use his name probably would make Isabel feel a certain kind of way. But I think having her blessing to do what she feels is right. I, I don't know. I really love that scene. I really like when they're together. They have a really nice dynamic as a, a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law. And I think it also speaks to, like, they're the only two on the ranch who know what it's like to lose a husband to uh, bull riding. And that's not the same situation, like you said, Reed, that the others are feeling. Uh, and it's a particular way, I think, obviously, Missy didn't um, lose her husband and then also have to raise children. But... Mm -hmm. 
Isabel understands, like as a, a woman who has now been, has to grieve, but also has to find her way forward. She gets it. She's like, I don't, don't worry about me. Like love that you checked in on me and I love you, but you handle what you need to handle. And I think that, like you said, that is a very necessary moment for Missy. I think for the show too, to not forget um, that Isabel sees her as well um, Mm -hmm. in a way that goes beyond what they're doing for the rodeo and what she was doing. Just, yeah. She just sees her as a, as a fellow woman who's been through something that is hard that mm-hmm. most people won't understand. I think too, Missy was Isabel's only ally in that dinner scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I know that she has a different relationship with Gus than the others do, but Missy was still like, what's happening? This is good. <laughs> they were all just like, having temper tantrums i want to ask you sabrina because i forgot what is the birth order of the mcmurray boys austin's the oldest and then Mm -hmm. is it cash cash and the tough Mm -hmm. poor baby tough he just gets handed so much i know i mean and in this episode so okay last episode i was telling y'all that tough gets a little lost in the plot and it was in for me it was in this episode that i realized that was going to be the first time I was watching this, that was going to be the consistent thing. Um, mm-hmm. Because um, I was actually clocking it this time around. I was like, there are so many scenes with Cash and Missy. And then we just keep coming back to this Valyria and tough plot. And it just doesn't feel as, as weighty for him. And mm-hmm. all the conversations are actually about her. Um, until he's, he gets to the, I couldn't tell what, time of day that was because of the because they were in the boat i was like is it midday yeah. is it nighttime um but when this islamicist and him go get to get something to drink and he yeah. gets to open up about um how hard this has been and the fact that he got demoted um which i'm not really sure what isabel's thinking was there because valeria came up with like one idea and now she's co-forming yeah i don't see i wanted to take tough aside and be like sweetie you're missing like a big portion of why this is also an issue because <laughs> i hit i got it immediately as the youngest son as the queer one he's handed so much like there's often do i want to get on the soapbox i don't know we'll see how i go but like i feel like there's often i don't want to say always but like there's a sort of inherent and sort of unfair um role that sometimes queer family members need to handle or like play into which is like being the stronger one we're like being there for people and like being the tough one and like not really like i don't know why and i don't know how that is i'm sure i could get into it a little bit more but it just felt like anything that isabel needs she puts on tough and tough is the one that he's not gonna be as emotional as say maybe it's because of birth order he's the youngest he's seen maybe austin be a little bit we don't know about how his temperament was but he's very cocky and selfish and Mm -hmm. maybe he was more prone to saying no and then cash is the one who like went away and he's also emotional and like you know so tough had to be the one to hold down the fort and be strong for his mom um and he's he's not only being demoted, I don't see it as a demotion as he's got a new partnership, but he's also has to, for his mom, make sure that his only other living brother does not die doing what killed his other brother. And it's just like, 
that also puts tough in danger too but he just has to like take it and i was like tough there's so much more going on than you having to work with valeria and i just wanted to like give him a hug and also be like babe do you see this too or is it just me <laughs> <laughs> now i think what you're saying makes total sense and um, we've seen this before like i was at love victor or whatever the mom said to victor and um, you're the one i never have any trouble with there's so much put on the young queer kid yeah i uh, remember writing about that and really yeah. it, so it really it really is it does resonate and i think that's important but at the same time i had so many issues here because i agree sabrina totally the same felt that way that it's just like you're watching it play out exactly like you predicted it would on screen all the time but he's he gets given the low-hanging fruit of he's he's the one that has an adventure of the week this week so that he's on the screen all the time but he's just caught up in everybody else's storyline and that's not his storyline. He's a supporting character and I know he's a supporting character in the show, but it feels like he's a supporting character in his own life. And I think in, in most ways, that's a good thing. But I also didn't like the way it ended up and that uh, his love interest was telling him that, uh, well, look, you've been, uh, you, you were demoted here so that you could do this instead. I'd see this as a benefit. I'd see this as a bonus. And I'm like, Toph, who has all the pressure in the world, was literally demoted from one of his jobs so that he can continue doing it, but with someone else, so that he can be given another job instead. I don't know if this is a thing to celebrate, if you know what I mean. He's so, it's someone who's constantly under pressure, has half the pressure in one job now, but has been given a brand new one with far more pressure. And I'm like, why are we celebrating this? Like, give this man a break. Let him go to sleep once in a while. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he deserves a bit more than that. And I, I do hope in the show short run, it does get a chance to at least play with that a little bit. Mm. I do think uh, reading my parade though that Isabel doesn't see it as a demotion she just sees it as a partnership but mm -hmm. I think I wish we knew more about what Valeria did before she left the ranch to warrant her being raised to the same level as mm -hmm. uh, as tough because it makes it seem like um, like Michael had said that we are he's just, she just wants him to split time it's not even about like Valeria earned this or that she thinks that Tuff needs more help it's that uh she just wants him to also be able to focus on bullfighting which isn't necessarily I don't think that it comes off in the show that he particularly has a passion for it like he yeah. likes it like they're all part of the rodeo that was his way of contributing because he didn't want to be a bull rider but I don't know if bullfighting really is the thing that like he is gung-ho about right that like oh yes thank you mom now i can actually get back more in the ring uh but the the way that his love interest phrases i wish i remembered his name but i don't remember it either <laughs> but phrases it i do it does free up time so maybe if tough didn't want to do any of those things we could focus on music we can do some mm -hmm. musical things yeah. um, since that is his actual passion and he's really good at it. Beautiful voice. Yeah. Tough. I think he might have pride. I think that's part of why like having Valeria um, added on, he was kind of, I think it, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I feel like it's less about the demotion more like you don't think I can handle this mm -hmm. and that like, how have I not proven that I can do all this for you? So sad i love him you know more scenes were tough in season two yeah. solo story solo storylines um or ones where he's not sort of because even with the sheep that was valeria he was along mm -hmm. for the ride for that one he did catch her at that dive bar with some mysterious man so i'm hoping that goes somewhere yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 
Did they say his name? I feel like they said his name in the thing. Well, I'm going to tell you his occupation, even if they didn't say he's the pawn shop man. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. That's where, did Missy see her outside the pawn shop? <laughs> Is that where, or she saw her? no, when, in episode one, the premiere. No, that's Yeah. a grocery store. I think that's Okay. like a flea market or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, I, but Tuff had seen in the premiere Valeria. <laughs> And that man, and then she lied to him in episode two and said, I don't know what you're not. And then she, he saw her interacting with him by the pool table. I think that man was shooting pool. I don't know. He just looks very shady. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Tuff is like, girl, why are you lying? Like, what, what, is, what is happening over here? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Didn't he call her name at the bar and then he hid when he saw her? yep. I It's think like, so, tough, yeah. pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think what else uh, happened in the oh uh, Cash got the bull he wanted so we will be seeing Hurricane at some point I was with very this disconnected bull game to that. I was like, sheep or bull? I'm going to focus on the sheep. <laughs> oh he needs a he needs a practice bull um, in order to be able to train properly um <laughs> That that's where that's. I think that was one of those. If I could describe it as like a e plot, mm like hmm he he says he needs it, and then Missy just gets it, and there's really no explanation. She just she just got it. <laughs> that was mm hmm it. it That was yeah, the end of this. that. The story was supposed to be, wasn't it, that his mom was on purposely making excuses so that he wouldn't, he would eventually not do it because he didn't have a practice bill. But that Missy was the one that finally got through to her so again on the Missy and Isabel relationship. Um, but I know what you mean. Again, that could have been like more of a um, a, a plot at the forefront. But it kind of, you're right, it felt a bit like an e plot. It was there. It was to prove how effective Missy was and the people listened to Missy, and it did it in the end. But yeah, I literally. If I'd never talked about that again, I'd have forgot it happened. I feel like if anybody needs like a co, like a partner, Isabel should hire Missy. She's done more for this ranch in two episodes. So I'm like, girl, love you, Isabel, but I think you might need some help. <laughs> But she is just as prideful, so she is not going to admit that. We're just going to be... Because even in Continue the movie... to delegate. Right? Because Tuff was like, Mom, I was going to see... I, I was going to do that. <laughs> Why are you in the tractor? She's like, ah, I was up early. I got it done. I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> Demote yourself, girl. Get a partner. She's going to end up with some like health crisis and then she's going to be like, you're right, I need some help. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> rule that one out. <laughs> oh, so we're like, that doesn't happen. <laughs> no, wait. No, I don't think that happens. I don't think that's a thing that, that happens with her. Had It, you for I mean, a it moment. happens in TV shows where, like, somebody, like, keels over from, like, a panic attack or a heart attack or, like, they're doing too much and they fall off a ladder. And then everyone's like, you need to slow down. And they're like, okay, you're right. That's why I paused because I was like, was there another Western I watched where the mom was like having palpitations and they were like, mom. <laughs> Um, and that's like how the episode goes off. I can't, I can't remember now. So um, if I am wrong, sorry, I lied. Uh, <laughs> uh, but moving into wild cards, which uh, pairing these two, like you said, Reed, like even with the CW doing it, now that we're doing it, it is, they're so disparate, but yet so enjoyable. <laughs> so much fun So much fun um, because we're moving from uh, bull riding and trick riding <laughs> into a road trip to a winery, which mm -hmm. why the is heck not fun. Uh, also, like there was an aside, the side plot about team building, which 
I really need Ellis to talk to HR <laughs> because it is just, they're a nightmare over there. I mean, like in the, like in the lightest way possible for a blue sky drama, like, but it's still harassment and I'm done with it. I'm just done with it as Max is done with it. His coworkers, you mean? Yeah. Gates Yeah, and they're Simmons nasty. and even um, the chief of the Yeah, department. he kind of at his be at his best he he uh, ignores it, and at his worst he encourages it. Like that's not a healthy work environment. And I know we're supposed to laugh at it, but yeah, do There something was about that them. one scene where Max and Ellis walk up to the the two other agents and they were just like snippy. Like she was making up things that she saw. In her, what was she saying? I was like, that was uncalled for. It was a And hairy that was directed contract. at Max, right? Max was like, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that's like when they're deep in the case, like really making some headway. And I believe it's Yates walks up and she says, uh, we got a call from someone with a tip. And she's like, uh, it's an old man named Dumbledore and a little boy with a wand. It's like, I was like, girl, not the dated jokes. Please move on. But then later, later in the episode, didn't um, Ellis stand up for her where she was like, she solved a, a murder today. What have you done? Yes, he Didn't did do he that. said that, right? I was like, yeah, you better, you better. And um, Simmons was like, she solved a wordle. And I was like, that's not, that's not Different. the same thing. <laughs> and the fact that they argued uh, had a minor argument about it. Why didn't you say that sooner? They're they're way around the corner now. They'll never hear it. I think it just highlighted the fact that they're supposed to be partners and Max and Alice. The whole episode was like, we're not a team, we're not a team. No, they are a team. They are partners. And I really like the team building exercise for that exact reason because Yates and Simmons are awful. And like the fact that they're still speaking to them with such disrespect after they've solved two cases now, two murders, right? Um, and then a third one now, it's just, it'll get repetitive and boring the longer it goes on, which is why we, it's nice that it's in a show like this with such a spicy dynamic to spice it up. I love the Max and Alice banter and this episode was full of that. I know. I will say though, for for Alice, I'm like, why are we pretending like we don't like her? She's fun. He's like, I've been trying to get her to be quiet, and I was like, you don't need to though. She's like, she's the life of the party. She's keeping it fresh Yeah. every <laughs> mm year. As y'all do these long trips over into this town, this small town, which is is very much CW, is screaming -hmm. CW with everything that was going on in that town from the coven. to Lucas's relationship with the, the members of said coven. And then the love story that they also tacked in there that kind of works too. <laughs> they said how extra can we get and then then, then they said all oh, they, they, that's the most bonkers plot you could have imagined but like again in a show like this it worked just so well Did you guys notice, um, I don't know the guy's name, toward the end, the guy with the gun, um, That was his name was Jake and Nancy Drew, right? He owned the diner. We hated him. that's who that was Always at the scene of the crime. <laughs> I recognized <laughs> it was like who is this man oh man if the CW needs a villain, he's like, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> that works though because over I forget the with the with him and Nancy Drew he just really didn't want Nick to have the building across Cross the road, the yeah. way um and in this one he's a rich boy a legacy who apparently has is frauding people with box wine and I this okay you guys have to explain this part to me was Max saying that the bottles were genuine but the but the liquor isn't well the alcohol isn't I have no idea. I think that's what I got because they looked put perfectly at home with the bottles, but it was when she picked them up and then like sniffed around it and heard this one's clean. There's nothing in it. They figured out that he was using uh, 
counterfeit goods, so to speak, to try and uh, uh, manipulate the town into buying it from him because he he was losing money and he needed it. Okay, because I was like, I that part I was like, is she saying that he is counterfeiting uh, kind of the paper? Or is she saying it's actually just too hard to do that for possibly for him? So these are the genuine article. So that's interesting. It it gave very much. Um, not mob. Well, did they say it was the mob that was hiding wine? Uh, there was a lot going on as far as this town and the seedy things that were happening. There was like wolves. There was like Riverdale sacrifices <laughs> happening. There was a lot happening. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, it was an interesting case, though. Um, and it, it, it was. did provide the ability to see both of them doing what they do best. Mm -hmm. uh, I did like her interview with the grape, who also is from Nancy Drew. Yeah, <laughs> Lacey McAllister, the actress's name is Bethany Brown. So that was that was fun. I've also never seen a grape be interrogated. And there's just <laughs> something hilarious about her being serious about heartbreak and trying to get information while this woman is decked out as a grape. She's fruit of loom right there. I love how <laughs> Max can just like do anything and make people believe it. Was she was saying something about like was it the oh she was pretending she could read her aura? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just now realized reading read. Read her aura sounds like Rita Aura. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that why she named herself Rita Aura? But I just think that's her name. <laughs> Sorry, that was that just intrusive thought popped in my head. <laughs> when I said Rita <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but Ellis was also investigating. Well, um, too, uh, there's the scene in the sandwich shop which I thought was interesting with the young man who was just well over his head when it comes to, mm -hmm. I guess, providing the town their deli meats, which there's just something like subtly <laughs> funny about a lot of the things that they do in this show because he was just overwhelmed and this one lady is just like, this is mutton, not lamb. <laughs> and he's just like, I give up. <laughs> like, I can't, I need help. How old was that poor deli worker? I was trying to decide. I was trying to figure out whether or not he was early twenties or he was supposed to be a teen who's doing his best. Very overwhelmed behind yeah. that corner. <laughs> no. I was very glad that Ellis cleared it out. Which I was like, "Oh, I didn't know you could do that." That was yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the, the the law on the show works in mysterious ways. Um, but I yeah no I agree. I was I we say the word unserious all the time, and this felt like another one of them situations because uh like that was kind of portrayed as having higher stakes in the early part of the murder investigation. And it was like, just how important this meat was to these people. And it's just like, so hilarious. But like, it was nice to see Alice doing his own police investigation. And again, getting nowhere. Not that he got nowhere, but not, not as far as like Max, who just goes up and gossips with someone and seems to get all the information from them. That That's what she brings to the, the, the table. And I think that's why it was so important that this was kind of like the team building exercise episode. And that they made it a thing because I said that last week's episode was kind of the one where Alice hung back and let Max do the bulk of the investigation but this week they kind of made a thing about it and actually addressed that and the fact that he still didn't see her as a partner and yet she continued to prove herself and come at him with all this information even if she got it in the most outlandish of ways and I also like the fact as we said this show was on series we've used the show like we used the word 20 times already when describing the show per week um, and Max is such an unserious character, and yet the moment he said we're not a team, it stayed. The camera stayed off her for a few seconds, and then when it went on, or you could see that that actually was really hurtful to her, and she walked off. So I really did like that because far more to her than meets the eye, and 
she had his back in this episode because you see how important the idea of being a team is. And I like that contrast because you'd think Ellis would have that being part of like a police force, being part of a team there. And look at the state of the team he has to work with. Um, and even though she's supposed to have been a con or a criminal growing up, her family had a stronger code than the force in his police station. And I thought that spoke volumes as to why she is the way she is and that she may do things that are illegal in terms of the law and stuff like that, but that she has a code and she will stick by that code and loyalty is so important to her. And I thought that came across volumes this week. I love that conversation about her family too. Yeah. <laughs> at the end, because she has such, even though her childhood to anybody else would be like, kind of sad that's kind of what Hillis was getting at but she doesn't see it that way she saw it as a fun happy childhood filled with pop culture and she didn't feel alone and i don't i i don't maybe that's a trauma response <laughs> she needs to see it as a happy memory but her, the, i know she lit up talking about that and i don't know i really i really enjoyed seeing her get kind of vulnerable and kind of feeling slightly offended at him pushing back at that because he did kind of be like that's not that's not right but um i don't know i really love that conversation i think it works twofold to show their different perspectives on life but i also think what i enjoyed about it is that he's not necessarily entirely wrong yeah um, it whether she wants to see it that way or not because of the lives that they were leading they could have been taken from her at any point she like that's yeah. just a fact of of who they are and what they do but at the same time he can't force his narrative on what childhood should be onto her yeah. and so she got to travel for the world she got to see um different places you know and learn from different people she had she was watching a lot of tv but so are people who don't have her family family dynamic it doesn't it's not necessarily an indicator that she was just so alone that she had to resort to television in order to feel like she was part of a community. Especially because we do get, prior to that conversation, we get, a, we get a phone call between her and her dad in which he does talk about, like, some boy she had a crush on back in the day who broke her heart named Francois. Like, so she didn't meet people. Of <laughs> <laughs> like, but, um, the, she, she didn't meet people and she is really good at making friendships. Like, even with the chef, who is rude? She still mm -hmm. takes the time that when she, when the Siobhan, I think that's the name of the chef, Siobhan tells her, I got fired, but it's a good thing. I think I'm gonna um, open a restaurant. I'm gonna name it after myself. And even though Max is busy, she says, Text me when, you know, when it's open. Like she plans to support Siobhan. I mean, mm -hmm. she probably plans to fleece the rich while she's there too. But the point, <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, she establishes connections and she cares about people and Ella should give him more credit for that. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. I think it's important for her to let her know like, Hey, so that's not like you probably deserved a little bit better than that in your childhood. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't have to be that way, but I think her making the best of it is also important. Like seeing those two perspectives. I don't, mm -hmm. I need to rewatch the scene. Cause I don't know. I can't remember how he came at it, but I, I feel like he could have come at it a little bit. Uh, gentler yeah wasn't it it was quite confrontational he was like you really don't see it don't don't do you and she was yeah. then she had to ask what do you mean by that and it did get a bit awkward between them but the banter sorted it out and, and then she was like 
we have hats. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely way to end. Um, but I also really like that as a, a Max character moment because we said this last week about the conversation in the car and that you, you started to understand who she was as a person because of that. And the same here. Like the way she said, she, she name dropped all the shows at movies that she watched. She mentioned Sarah Connor. She mentioned Dawson and the gang. Um, which And I feel like that was so important because like ever since we first met Max, she's been making pop culture. She's been making TV references and that's very much defines who she is. Yes. And I, see, I, see why. I I know Sabrina for the past two episodes you've mentioned that there's been like critique about pop culture references in writing I don't know was anybody saying about this show or is that just like a general critique I think that's a general general critique I don't yeah. think anyone so far as I'm aware has been saying that they, they dropped any pop culture because I'm like I don't know it works it does and as somebody who like writes that way I'm like let me live one <laughs> it doesn't work in every genre but this is like 75 percent of comedy <laughs> so like <laughs> it works in comedy writing that's like part of like joke writing is like referencing things so like in, even in this episode too like it's used as a tool to get to know her like when she offhandedly says like when she mentions Dawson's Creek, like it, there's a lot of drama like it's funny and it's yeah. it tells you about her and i'm like it, i had that in the back of my mind where like you were saying people don't like pop culture references and in, in tv and i'm like i you have to disagree with the that camp i think when it works it works and i don't think there's such a thing as too much unless it's like they throw one in it's like okay that was a reach that was that didn't work that didn't land but i think it always works in the show yeah well i think here it also speaks to their characters like i want to learn more about yates because she too is dropping pop culture references but they're a little older than max's yeah. Which is interesting to me because even like Bax is on the phone and she's asking for backup and she's like, Yates, stop with the Serena jokes. The the moment has passed, right? Like, so I think <laughs> once Yates gets over herself, those two might end up developing a friendship because they can sort of bond over television in um, books and films, most likely. Yeah. And I think too, learning that Max spent a lot of time watching or consuming media informs a lot about her character she wouldn't be the same detective con woman whatever you want to call her that she is to be able to like read people and like be an actress if she hadn't consumed so much television and i think this is one of my other soapboxes is like i was that kid that watched a lot of television and i constantly heard like oh kids shouldn't watch so much television they need to i'm like if i didn't watch as much like television and consume as much media as i did in my childhood i wouldn't be able to do my job well because i would have no base knowledge so like i constantly want to look at those people and be like if i was outside <laughs> <laughs> and not watching every episode of friends <laughs> i would be out a lot of money because i wrote a lot of posts about friends <laughs> and I, I mean like <laughs> let people do what is passionate to them because it informs who they become and maybe yeah. that's not television maybe it's sports and that informs their if they're a sports writer or an athlete I'm like let people do what hobby speaks to them because obviously it helped max be the person she is today she's seen a lot in life and on tv and that's helpful and yep. I'll step off the sofa. <laughs> if I if I if my earphones were not attached to my computer right now, I'd give you a standing ovation because that deserves it. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I felt like that for so long. Thank you for putting it in better words than I ever could. <laughs> you know, y'all would not have this podcast if it weren't yeah. the yeah. amount of television that that we've consumed um, collectively and, and individually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But I think also, I mean, there's a particular type of person who just loves to disappear into other worlds, you know? Um, and I, for Max, I mean, she generally just in, loves media, but also it's kind of in a way a part of her con work. She has more characters to pull from because she's paid attention to more, um, I don't know, personalities, characteristics, the way people hold their body, because it's all different. She's an actress. Like Yeah, she really just is. Uh, and so it just it's it's fun. For those who are like not into the pop culture references. maybe you just don't understand them. It's possible, which you know what would be funny, and maybe there are people that don't, but I feel like they're also picking the most popular ones and still making it work. <laughs> Mm hmm. Like they're yeah, not um deep cuts whatsoever. it's not like Gilmore Girls where it's like you have to like pause and Google some of these ones <laughs> if you don't understand them. But like, also if you don't understand the reference in Gilmore Girls, it doesn't ruin the plot. You can keep watching. It's fine. You're just like, oh, that's Lorelai pulling some obscure, random reference from the 80s. It's fine. <laughs> and once you get used to it you go with it and the same goes with this obviously we just said they're the more they're the more pop culture relevant ones but like you just you just know max is going to come out with a line or two like that per episode now and i just think it enhances the story rather than take away from it. it's not a wasted line of dialogue by any means it's it speaks volumes as to who she is and i think after this conversation particularly in episode three it's going to continue to enhance it even more now because it's it informs every character she plays. It informs everything she has to do as a detective, even something as dramatic. Like, I am an officer of the law. And two episodes ago, you saw everything, every, like, movement behind what she did. And, yeah, I love it so much. I wouldn't change that for the world. That It is part of who she is. And like, like we just said, speaking as someone who felt like that, it's, it's nice to see a part of yourself represented on screen because... Yeah. It can it 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 absolutely can inform who you are, how, no matter how much you take in when you're younger. Mm -hmm. Yes, which is why it's so nice to see all of Max represented. Ellis, our onion, is still being pulled back. And she's doing her best, though, to try to get this man to open up. Like, he's like, I was an average kid, you know, got average grades, did this and this. And I was like, Ellis,
his father's viewpoints or his father's way of life was maybe forced on him. I don't know. Maybe I'm overreaching there. But the fact that they actually made the effort, like it came up in a one-liner in the episode about it being a legacy kid. We didn't need that on the previously to remind us. So I do feel like there's some kind of like undercurrent there if it going on that eventually he will open up a bit more about that. Yeah, no, you're right. Why is he so resistant to being lumped in with his dad? Much mm -hmm. to consider. I'm sure it'll come up. Yes, it's, but uh, it also makes me wonder if his father didn't work at that particular precinct. Because you feel like if it was, if he shamed the family name, someone should have said it by now. Or mm. um, if his father was a corrupt cop, someone yeah, is that why they bullied him? Like, it was like, oh, you're just like your dad. And like, mm. you, um, you shame the badge just like him. Like, I, I would like to know more. I mean, I'm sure we'll get there. We're only yeah. three episodes in. We're not going to rush the plot. It's still. Was Mark in this episode? I was wondering that because Jacques Mal said he was in every episode. And I was trying to remember if Mark, if I saw Mark. I, yeah, I was sitting here the whole time thinking, like, I don't remember seeing the cat. I don't think he was. Because when he said his, like, his car was robbed, I was like, you, le you leave Mark alone. Like, he better not be in that car. <laughs> Thank God he was. Because when he started looking, I was like, what? okay, I know Max is looking for her a stylish outfit. But like, what are you looking for? I was like, you better not be looking for the cat. And then he was like, oh, no, they've taken my vest. I was like, it's only a vest. That's fine. But aside from, I think they made a reference to Max in the or to Mar Mark in the episode. But I don't think he showed up. I'm trying yeah. to remember the opening, whether or not we were on. At any point, are we on the boat? Is Mark usually so. on the boat? Yeah, I don't think so. Hmm. Well, maybe he's referenced in every episode. Then. Week off, King. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did my two. I'll see you in a few more episodes. <laughs> but uh, before we close out, though, it. I did want to preview the episode four because it's going to be a fun one. Um, Alice is going undercover. Oh, really? Oh, that sounds fun. It's the, do you, did you see the preview, Michael? I didn't yet see the preview. No. It, they're like surfing something. Mm -hmm. They showed Alice in a wetsuit. Ah, uh, yes. We've seen that in some of the promos. Okay, so we're finally getting that episode. Yes, because a, a, a surfer gets shot, I believe. Um, and so they have to work the case, but Ellis has to be the one to go in a disguise and, and pretend to be somebody else while Max does the detective work. Okay. Yes. Based on the images, though, I think Yates and Simmons are also going to be given something to do because it seems like it's all hands on deck. <laughs> Not them. <laughs> but it might, you know, mean we get a little bit more from them besides one liners and bad mm -hmm. jokes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll decide next week <laughs> i'm excited and i mean like i know we've done in the past four episode tests but like this we passed the four episode test on episode one so like, yeah mm -hmm. i don't even need to see next week's to to factor into the four episode test ride two i'm in whatever <laughs> yeah yolo <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on the ride to manifest season two for well for them yeah the wild ride hey. oh love it <laughs> 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 and with that we're gonna end thank you all for watching and listening uh to our podcast we had a series spiral i'm sabrina i'm michael and i'm reed bye y'all <laughs>